I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Alborigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alborigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Ali. Hey, to you as well, Dwayne. Awesome to see you. I wish you lived locally. We just had our holiday breakfast. There was like 12 of us uh, school owners out to breakfast. That would have been really neat. I kind of envy you with that. You know, the school owners um, around here, there's one school owner. um, His school is probably about 20 miles away or maybe 15 miles away. And and him and I get along great. Um, But I would say the other school owners, not all of them, but a few of them, we do not uh, see eye to eye. And I don't know that I would go out to breakfast with them. <laughs> That's funny. Like at first when I brought this concept, I mean, for I used to have a thing called the UMAC, uh, United Martial Art Council. And it was a once a month thing. We'd get together and we'd have uh, dinner and everyone had to bring one of their marketing ideas that was working for them in their school. So we'd go around the table and uh, that was pretty cool for a while, but it was nighttime. So everyone had to take off their dojo. It didn't work and um, it ended up, you know, disappearing. But this one, we, we meet every Wednesday with like five of us or six of us, but this was the big one with all our friends. And it's funny, like we're literally like wall within I don't know, like a 15 mile radius of each other, but we all get along great. All of us are thriving. Some doing better than others and, you know, but still all doing well. And it's, it's just fun. We, we talked to some funny stories today. I'm like, I wish I had you all on last week to our show with funny stories like this. One of my friends, uh, he's like a kid came in the other day and he's like, Hey, sensei. And I'm uh, for the people who are just listening. He's holding up his finger and he goes like that. I have a hang nail on my finger. And when I touch it, ow, it hurts. Like, he, and he shows him and he goes, ow, it hurts. He goes, okay, just don't touch it and get back out there and start sparring. Like that kind of thing. Like when my finger does this, it hurts. Don't do that then. You know that? So we had like four or five people chiming in with funny stories. I'm like, wow, this would have been good for our last week's podcast. Yeah. I, I thought about you last night because um, there's a kid who came in with his belt, not tied correctly. He's a yellow belt. Oh, no. And I said, take your belt off and tie it again because it's not tied correctly. Well, he didn't even have his uniform tied. Oh, you know how you tie in right. the inside and tie on the outside on the uniform. Yeah. I go, you got to tie your uniform. Yes. Yeah, so it just tie it in the bows. Like you do your shoes. And he goes, I, I don't know how to tie my shoes. Wow. How and old- I go, well, what How old? do you have? He goes, I, I just have Velcro. You know, he's nine years old. Yeah. Well, that's not bad for a nine-year-old. I have 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds that can't do it. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, you have to blame society. It's almost like not even blaming parents. It became convenience mentality, right? Like, so it's so hard, hard to keep on tying your kid's shoes and tie, telling them how to do it. They invented Velcro. It's easy. You're in and out and done, right? Like, so life became easier. It's just like almost now kids, I believe, and I I had this realization the other day that they don't retain information by choice because they don't need it because they have, they could call upon it at any given time. Like, you know, I'm always, yeah. And you don't even have to type it in now, you know, Hey Siri, um, you know, how, how old is, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Willis and watch, watch, I just did it. (laughs) It chimed okay, in. I found this on the web for how old is Bruce Willis and watch like I just did it. Check it out. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's the funniest thing. And um, you could get an immediate answer at any time. So why retain it and try to memorize well, it when you don't need it? I have my Alexa here. Watch. All right. Yeah. Alexa, how old is Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis is 67 years old. Bruce Willis is 67 yeah. years old. I mean, I didn't have it turned up really loud. Maybe you could. I heard it. it. We could hear it. But but so I think that that is the problem. Right. So you, you don't have to retain the info. So why bother memorizing it? Right. So it's almost like things that we don't love to do will only do to get by. Like, for example, tying your belt. If your parents do it for you, why bother learning? Right. And that's why I tell the parents all the time. You know, we want to make self-sufficient children, not you know, have them reliant on us. However, I must admit, I believe that a lot of parents like them to rely on them. Like I remember being at 
Adam Lux's dojo in Michigan and a kid got hurt during my seminar and he was crying. So I did a pattern interrupt. I usually walk over and go, Hey buddy. Okay. And he's crying hysterical. I'm like, Hey, what color is pizza? And now they're like thinking, well, what color, what a weird question. What color, you know, Hey, do you like, you know, do you eat ice cream? And then all of a sudden they're thinking about those stupid questions versus how hard. And the mom ran over and hugged him. Don't worry. You'll be okay. And started crying again. So I, did the same pattern interrupt. She stepped back a little. She stopped crying. I did another thing. You know, do you eat, you know, boogers, you know, whatever it was, stop crying. Mom ran right back over. It's okay. Let me see the in. Finally, I turned to her and I said, you know, I had him stopped crying twice. I said, you want him to cry until, so you could coddle him. I wasn't at my dojo. I could say what I want. And uh, she got upset with me. Adam Luck said, oh, she's mad at you. I like, I don't care. I don't own the school. You do. You deal with it. I just tried to, I just tried to help the, the lady twice. And I did successfully. And she just brought him right back to where he was. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, speaking of that, our, our call today, right? We're, we're talking about this year coming up. And, and I was talking, I think we talked about it last week or whatever, where, we should be preparing for the following four months, six months, you know, eight months, a year, right? We should be thinking about all that now ahead of time, because if you're thinking about January's specials in January, you're already two months behind. You're, you're literally picking up scraps of what have, have been already marketed to properly. Other people who are doing it, they're way ahead of you, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know where you want to start or go with this, but I mean, we're definitely talking about 2023. Um, I think it's important to, I don't know about you, we close uh, the last two weeks of the year. So Friday is actually our last day that we're open and we're only open really for classes in the morning. Uh, and I don't even have private lessons at, at night on Friday night, this Friday night. And we've got a, Mr. Bean's got his, um, private lesson that he always does with one student that he's had for years, um, right. you know, at one o'clock. And then okay. we've got our special rec program, which is the uh, adult uh, special needs people that we work with on, on right. Fridays. And he has that one until four and then they're going to clean up and leave and they're going to be done by so this, you know, this Friday. This Friday is the 17th, the 17th and you're no, 16th. 16th. And then you're done until January. Yeah, January second uh, is when we open back up. Good for you. I'm I'm I am not happy that. Well, I am happy that we're not that close in distance right now because I would just hug you. I would just hold on to you and hug you right now. <laughs> That's so. Great. I, I I say all that to kind of preface to everybody that um, one take that time. Like so for for me, I take that time to reflect on this year. Looking back at my stats, just to bore you, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, but we, you and I have been talking about stats, um, you know. Forever. Yeah. And, 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 and recently for the past couple of days, I've been talking with you about some stats and stuff. Right. But so um, I, I take a year, I, I look at the year in review, see where we're at. Because if you're not keeping stats, then you're just going to imagine what's actually happening in your school and yeah. you're going to imagine it worse than it is, or you're going to imagine it better than it is. Right. Um, and I'll give you a, for instance, this is just with my health and wellness business, right? With my health and wellness business coaching, um, I am up this year. Right compared to, so I am up almost, well, by the end of the year, probably about 12% over okay. what I did last year Great in that. But I feel ever since like mid, well, probably about September, I've seen a dip. Okay. Part of it, I think is the economy. Um, part of it is the time of year that that kind of happens a little bit, but not as drastically as it, it as it did this year. But yet um, I'm still, uh, uh, 11 point, whatever it is, percent up by the end of the year, I should be about 12% up over what I did the following year. But right. if I didn't keep those stats and keep those numbers, how I feel is how I would be acting. But reality uh, allows me to go, okay, I feel like it's slow and it is, but yet reality shows that I'm actually making more than I did last year. Yeah. So let me stop you there because that is a, a very very high level way of thinking that you're thinking now. And it's genius because we are creatures of emotion. 
we, we look out on the floor and only four people are in class that day when there's could be 25. We're like, oh my God, we're worried, right? Attendance, what is happening? I have many of my clients, I have to talk them out of the gutter of when it comes to thinking, when they start believing their own diet diagnoses uh, because just based on emotion, right? And, and that could go good. And if you think too positively, then maybe you don't market as much or whatever. So what you just said is absolutely genius. And it's something that people should listen to. I, I think that that's very powerful. So at the very least, you know, go back, take a look at, you know, what you did last year in totality, what you've done this year so far in totality and where are you at, um, you know, in that. Because even though you may feel slow, like last night, I looked at my beginners class and I go, oh my gosh, where is everybody? I'm right there with you. Right. The same thing. But I know that there's a bunch of sicknesses and illnesses going around and people are having it right now. And so that's why they're not there. And, and it's the holidays. Like people are getting lazy. They're having family dinners. They're going to school events. They're, you know, Christmas shopping. They're right now checking out because we're going to be closed for a week. You'll be closed for two weeks. The holidays are coming. They're mentally checking out, preparing for the new year, right? So I think that that, so don't get crazy. I used to freak out too. I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of business. I'll be homeless soon. I started getting my, cutting out my cardboard box, preparing it for, for getting set up underneath the local bridge because things were yep. so terrible. And then the very next class, it's packed to the gills. Like, you know, and I'm going like, what happened? You know, so. Well, it's the, it's the, same, it's the same roller coaster that we do in the summertime too, when you look at the floor and everybody's on vacation too. So yeah. just knowing that, and knowing that we're all going through that uh, at this time uh, makes it a little bit easier, I think. Yeah. And so. by the way, when I do my stats, I have um, I've, I have a few businesses and I have them all on one Excel spreadsheet and I go by my monthly gross total, my revenue, right? So, um, and Chung Park said this when we did an interview with him, he said, um, don't compare yourself to last year, 2000 or 2000 to 2020, because 2020 was the year of COVID. Everyone took a beating on that. So like when I looked at my stats, he said, compared to the year before COVID, when things were good and you should have been booming. So like I have my stats that are year to date, like 2020 to 2019, which was good. And then 21, I compare it to 20 and also to 19 because 19 was a great month. So this year, a great year. I mean, this year, 2022, I've superseded my 2019 goals and my 2021 goals. So COVID I, that year, I don't pay too much attention to. You know, if I did, I would feel better. But really, honestly, it's deflated. So if anything, you'd feel better if you did better at all, right? So yeah. I'm looking at my my good year, 2019, and I compare this year to that. And I'm already up by like 29,000 for the year. Um, I'm not sure what percent, probably about 10% somewhere around there, you know, so for you as well, right? Like, so that's a good year. Yeah. So <clears throat> again, this, this last two weeks reflect, look at your numbers. Um, and then if you haven't already, uh, it's tighter to, you know, fill out some, some goals, you know, future casting what you want your first quarter your second quarter, your third quarter, and then even your fourth quarter to look like next year so that you, you know, maybe if you want to gross by you know, 5% or 10% or whatever it is, that's going to give you some targets that you can start to look, you know, work towards. So that this next two weeks, you know, from us over the break, it's yes, we're closed, but there are things that I'm looking at and doing more of a, a mental stuff than, yeah. you know, physical things that, that that's happening. The, the other thing I was going to quickly say too, and I know I've talked about this before, maybe every single year I mention this, um, it's already been done just because we, we take off so many days throughout the year. Um, I've got this, my uh, yearly calendar is up over here. You can't see mm -hmm. it, but um, we, we black it out. So we put like the days that were closed, it's all black mm -hmm. dated. We also put it in our app so that everybody can see it as yeah. well. And then we have a Google calendar. And we put that into the Google calendar so that people can subscribe to our Google calendar. So they know exactly what's going on. But right. I say all that because the first thing you want to do is block out any important dates that you're going to close in your school or any important dates for yourself. Like, so if you're going to take vacations that aren't scheduled into your regular closings for your school, you need to put that on your calendar. Yeah. So then you can start working around those those things. It's kind of like the concept that you should pay yourself first. 
right? Uh, which you should. That's also you should mark out the days that you ain't gonna be there first, right. and then everybody yeah. else has to work around that. If that makes sense. Totally. And then that's like, uh, you know, I'm working with one of my clients right now and it's about finding help so that he could take time off, you know, spend time with his wife and family. And if you don't set that up ahead of time, you're always scrambling. It's almost like if you're not planning to be in and you have a person covering it and then they call in sick, there's a lot of scrambling going on to get that coverage. Can I call him? No, I'm not available. Him? No, I'm not. Like, you know, you're always, but if ahead of time you're planning this out, then you could make your life so much easier and so much better that way as well. And same goes for like setting up your whole year, you know, just writing it down. Yep. And, and I, I'm just going to throw this out there. And I think I've talked about this before. Tuesday, Thursday are the, the times that I work on my projects, Tuesday, Thursday cool. morning. So um, every, you know, I show up at my desk here at eight o'clock and then, you know, usually up until noon. So those four hours is are mostly dedicated I would say probably 90% of the time are always dedicated to just working on the business. So that's meaning looking at stats that is, um, uh, you know, coming up with or working on different events that are yeah. happening or marketing ideas, yeah. all those things. That's the time that I'm working on my business. And if you're not what I call time blocking, but if you're not creating time in your schedule every single week, that you're going to do that. Now, that's not to say, uh, you know, what was it last month in November? I had a few Tuesdays, maybe I think two Tuesdays and one Thursday that I had field trips. So I had, you know, schools bring their <clears throat> classrooms into us, about 40, you know, 30, 40 kids. Um, and I spent from, I got there at 8, 830 in the morning. I was done by 1115. So that was my work on the business time. I worked in the business on that day, but that was a marketing activity that I was able to bring people in. So yeah. yes, that day I didn't work on my business, but I used the other Tuesdays and Thursdays to do that. So I think that's another idea. So when you say projects, do you like, you know, you're coming up with an event, right? Let's brainstorm and come up with an event, lay it out get a flyer, pick a date, pick the cost, like, and promote and advertise and so on. So you're, you're, you're taking time usually out of your week, Tuesdays and Thursdays to do those things so that you're never like catching up or, Oh, I should have done this. You're already allotted those allotted that time slot to come up with these specialty, you know, and it could be a stats make that has to be done or whatever, but mainly, you know, coming up with that on those days. That's, that's good. That's great stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so let's just say it's uh, next month we have uh, our martial arts game night. So, okay. you know, it's 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 a basically a parents night out. We're just calling it a martial arts game night. And that's already been that's already been done. So like, was it last month? Yeah. November, one of the Tuesdays or Thursdays. I just don't remember. In November, I did that. So I set up the checkout page. I created all of the images. I created the um uh, the automations, right. I've, I've already, um, you know, got those set. I've already put into our, cause you know how you can, you, in your, on your Facebook page, you can create scheduled posts, right? I've already created scheduled posts. I've already created the stuff in the app that you need, you know, from the announcement page to the shopping cart, like that's all done. Right. I don't even have to right. think about it anymore. Now there's a date that I need to start the activity so that it can, I can start marketing it, you know, but then I just put everybody in that automation and then I step away and then now it's ready to go. And I might hop in there if for some reason it sells out, you know, prior to the date, I'll go in and take everybody out of the tag that, you know, and then they're not going to get the information anymore. But other than that, it's already set and done. So, you know, kind of time blocking yourself, to work on your business rather than in your business. And, and, you know, uh, Grandmaster Hafner said years ago, sitting down with a legal pad and thinking about your business and then starting to write about the things that you're thinking about is one of the uh, actually highest paid activities that you can do. Yeah. And, you know, the thing was, you know, some of us, when we were under his tutelage kind of were like, you know, sir, well, what do you, what do you do? He says, just sit down, and start thinking about your business, start writing down everything that comes to your mind, and then you'll start to know what you need to do. 
That's absolutely incredible. I mean, and by the way, I always say it, it's like, it's like we're printing our own money. Right. And I once had someone say, you know, that's illegal. You know, and I'm like, no, I don't actually physically mean going to a copy machine and making fake $20 bills. I mean, and I, I say this to my daughter too. I, I'm really proud that she got my um, genetics in regards to business because she's got, she works full time for Macy's as a buyer coordinator. And she's always got these little side hustles, which I absolutely makes me proud beyond because that's like me, you know, and um, she'd always be like, like she, the other day she made templates like that. You could like a, a bingo Christmas holiday bingo template with eight different pages. And she puts it up on this site and she sold a bunch of them. So people yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was Etsy and she has all these different templates, goal setting and so on. And she's not making a lot of money. It's $2 here, 250 there, but just to show her that, look, this, you're never out of work. If you have a brain, right. You could come up with a concept somehow figure something out to do come up with and so on. Right. So, I mean, that's where we print our own money and that's where those tasks that you said are the most valuable are the ones that you're doing. You're like, you're projecting into the future going, Hey, what can I, what can I add on to my bottom line? If I do a special event and I can make a thousand bucks and I do four of them a year, that's four grand. I mean, nowadays that doesn't really do much, but at the same time that could help pay, pay down debt. It could pay off a loan. It could, um, go towards a, uh, you know, a, a vacation home, you know, whatever, but it's money that you wouldn't have made because you didn't even think about it or prepare for it. Yeah. And I know, again, I'm going to bring up the, the boring stat word, but um, the stats that you need to keep if you're not doing it, which is ridiculous. But um, no, number one is you need to keep how many leads that you're actually getting in. Yeah. So that you got to do that. And then how many of those leads, um, you know, become a trial. Right. And then from the trial, how many of those people actually show up? Right. And from the show up, how many people sign up? I mean, at bare right. minimum, you got to do that. Yeah. And, and, and people then you don't do that. No. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, I a didn't do it. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. I didn't do it until I wanted to become a, a, a professional or successful martial arts right. school. Right. You know, when I was just doing it because it was my passion, you know, uh, my, I, I just <laughs> went on the floor and taught. Yeah. So now let me say the reason why those numbers are going to be important because you, one, you want to see how, with the marketing dollars that you're spending, how yeah. many people are you actually attracting? Right. So that you realize, okay, I'm spending X, I'm getting Y and this, you know, this is what I'm spending to get those. And so every person now <clears throat> costs me Z. Yes. Advertising costs per, per person. Yes. And then, if you look at how many people that you actually, how many leads you get, and then how many trials, and, and, and some of the verbiage might be different. Every Like you and I, we have different verbiage, but all you have to do is define your verbiage for your school and stick with it. You don't have to use the same terms that we're doing. And but, but, but be clear, let me be clear on that. So in other words, like Dwayne says trials, I might say trial appointments and then when they get into and they start coming in then they become a trial client or trial student so whatever you do in your school you could call it whatever you want you just have to distinctly know the difference between the steps that's all yeah and just have your terminology and and one for yourself uh primarily but two so that your staff if you're sharing this with your staff that they understand that as well yeah exactly so the reason that those are going to be important is because there's going to be a difference between how many people, um, you know, actually show and no show. Let's just, let's just go for that. Right. Right. And so people that opted in and showed, there's always going to be a gap. Mm -hmm. And so you want to look at that and then you want to look at your processes that are happening in your school to, cause the, so that you can see if if you can get more of those individuals to actually show up. Right. So, for instance, if you're only calling them once. Right. Or texting them twice. Can you add different steps into that um, sequence? Right. To up your opportunity to get them in. Right. Um, I don't know about you, but I mean, we are calling and calling and calling. I have my, uh, I have one program director who's like, 
I almost gave up on this person. And yeah. they finally came in. Yeah. And I said, that's why I want you to call until they say, hey, stop calling me. Yeah, you're harassing me. Leave me alone. Yeah. I, I said, I, I think that text messages and emails are okay. Right. But I'm still a phone call person. Yeah. Anyways. So there's that gap. Can I increase the amount of showed individuals? That's right. the first thing. Second thing is the gap between the individuals that actually showed and the individuals that uh, signed up. There's a gap again. Right. right. I need you need to look at your processes and see if there's anything that you can do to increase that gap. So increase mm -hmm. your amount of, of enrollments. And right. the reason you want to do that is that is going to be the most inexpensive way to increase your bottom line. Yeah. E excluding the fact raising your prices. That's always the quickest way to increase your bottom line. Right. But if you're not going to raise your prices, then that is the quickest way to increase your bottom line. Yeah. Because um, you, you already spent those marketing dollars. Right. And so if you can improve the sequences or systems or however you want to term them to get more from your marketing dollars, then your cost per enrollment actually drops down yep. because you're getting more enrollments. Yeah. Am I, so, am I correctly? That's perfect. And can I, um, two things. One, um, I, I have been doing Grant Cardone's 10X sales course. And he, he basically said exactly what you just said in one of the lessons I was listening to. He said, listen, there's only two ways, increase your prices or close more sales, right? And the, this particular lesson that I'm on is about the journey, the walkthrough to the sale, right? Which is so important, he said. And then you have to analyze if you could videotape or make notes and see where you lost them, where they fell off. And that's where it goes back to, okay, they showed up for the first class. Maybe they're in a free month, like in my school. Do they keep coming for the whole month? Because the ones that come actively, normally I get to sign them up. There's a few that just want a free month and then they already have told their kids we're not going to join. We just want to do this for the month. We're not signing up. It's too expensive. Some, some people do that. But the majority of them, I have a whole month to win them over, but I try to sell them within the first week because they're enjoying it. They see the benefits before they talk themselves out of it. Let's get you going right now get them in a uniform, get them started, right? So that's important. So everything you just said is just exactly right on the money. We have to make sure. But you do have to notice, like, are they coming in? Did they come in? Yes. And are they continuously coming in? Yes or no? Because they could fall off after their second class. It was too much traffic. It was too interfering with their homework. Like what? So there's many areas where they could drop out. Yeah, yeah. So investigating those things. And now, the problem, I think, is that most of us got into this because we enjoy the teaching aspect. Yeah. So doing those things um, is not the enjoyment, <laughs> right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> so, I tried to mute my mic before I started sneezing, but I couldn't. I was shaking. I couldn't get to the button in time. That's all right. Um so yeah, doing those things for for most of us school owners, it's not the thing that that is um, in our wheelhouse, if you will, to use that term. And so, uh, just realize that if you look at that, um, your bottom line, and you are able to make the corrections that are going to be beneficial to you, then your bottom line actually increases. So whether you, uh, I mean, you all like money probably, and you'd like to earn more money or at least earn more money to be able to pay somebody more money, right? You right. know, whether it's yourself or not. But after you do that, you know, you set the wheels in process. You, 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 maybe you delegate some of those things. They're not all on you. And I'll give you a, for instance, I'm looking at my numbers, and I'm looking at the individuals that enrolled compared to how many actually showed up. And, you know, I want that percentage to go up at one point in time when I was doing all of the intros. So we, the way that we had it set up is I would do two introductory classes. Um, there were one-on-one -on -one private lessons. And then they, you know, I, by the second private lesson, I would enroll, right? That's when the enrollment happened. My best year ever, I was at, uh, 76.7 or 76.6, I forget what which was percent, meaning that out of 100 people, uh, I signed up 76 people, almost 77 individuals. Ever since I have had program directors and automations and those type of things 
I've never hit that number ever again. Right. And which I expected part of that, taking myself out of the equation. Um, and, and, and I don't want to put myself back in there, but I wanted to look at how I can create that uh, even better. So personally, what I'm going to do is, and I haven't worked it all out yet. So I'm kind of talking off the cuff here, but one is having a list of those individuals. Cause I have a program director that works Monday, Wednesday. I have another one that works Tuesday, Thursday. So I'm going to put them responsible on Monday and Wednesday for their new students and Tuesday and Thursday responsible for their new students. And we're going to have probably like an Excel spreadsheet, which is just going to make it easier that they're going to have to do uh, phone calls after the first class, see that they showed up for their second class. If they didn't show up for their second class, give them a call. I don't want you texting. Don't text message them. Hey, where were you at tonight? Call them. Is everything okay? Unless they they texted us and say, hey, Johnny's sick. He's not going to be in. They already made a private lesson. Those are going to be some variables. But um, I, I want them to do more touches. Right. And then I'm also going to have uh, my head instructor, Mr. Bean, after their uh, you know first week, call and say, hey, just wanted to touch base, see how you thought your you know your child's first week went. Do you have any feedback? You know, what are you looking for out of the program? I saw that you said that because by that time, if they did the discovery session that we send them, it's a it's a survey. He's going to know. I see that you're looking for more confidence and discipline and respect from your your kid. Uh, You know, have you seen any of that up until this point? So just more touches, if that makes sense, and seeing if I can bring that up compared to what we've done before. Yeah. And, and I agree with you a thousand percent. I think I find that for me as a business owner, I know that there's the deficit is in that front end where, and that's the most important, like again, doing Cardone University, he talks about two of the key successful th- traits in a business. And number one is customer service. He says, but some companies are customer service centric. All they care about is customer service. He says, you have to have all your customer service stuff in place, but you can't just focus on that. You have to, con- you have to focus on, um, uh, a new client acquisition. Like you have to dominate in that getting new people in, because if you don't, you could be servicing what you have. You'll always have attrition, no matter how good you're doing, you have to be filling the front door with new people and then letting your customer service take over and, and continually keep doing its job. So what I find a lot of times I have, I have clients that I coach that they're like, I don't like doing calls. I don't want to do appointments. I don't want to do follow-ups. I don't want to be on the phone. And I say to them, that's fine. If you don't want to do that stuff yourself, don't do it. Hire someone that you can, by the way, that's good um, to do that for you. And that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So that, those are the the things that I know personally that I'm going to be uh, you know, working on the other thing that I would suggest for 2023 is, and, and, you know, you do a really good job of, of this with your, um, with your clients is take a look at the dropout, um, ranks, right? So the highest, uh, or the, the highest dropouts, where are those at in, in what, and what ranks do you want to speak about, speak about that? Yeah. And, and what age group as well. So like those variables are all very important because the dynamic could be totally different. Like for example, in my school, um, I have a a little warrior curriculum, two to four year olds. Then I have mighty warrior five to eight. And then I have elite youth nine to 12. And then I have adults 13 and up. Right. So every one of those dynamics are segregated, separated, different because each one of them have different factors, right? Like adult teens and adults are a lot harder to control than you would a two or four year old where a parent says, Hey, we're going to karate and bring them. Right. So that there's, if, as long as you sell the parents there and they're, they're going to keep them going even through the days that they don't want to go with an adult, you can't do that. Once they decide, they decide, right? So there's the segregation. And then there is that looking at where you have the highest amount of quits. So let's say I take my teen group and I'll go, okay, where are my, most of my students quitting in the first six months, which between the belt of, you know, beginner in my school to like yellow belt. Right. So if I'm losing a lot within that time frame, 
maybe I need to be better. And you and I have done this where I have an onboarding video and, and continuous emails and not to say that people read them, but, you know, sometimes people just glance and, you know, if they were really reading everything that I wrote from my heart, I'd never have anyone quit in the world, in my opinion. However, some of them are like reading it, scanning it. Uh, yeah, right. I don't believe that. I'll just do what I want kind of thing. But the more we're in their head and we educate them on the benefits, then we'll be able to keep them longer. So in other words, you need to look and see where your holes are. You know, at one point you've heard the story. I had uh, a lot of people would quit at Purple Belt going to Brown. When I interviewed and we had to actually interview the people who quit, call them up and say, hey, who quit, you know, that kind of thing. And um, we found out that it was the Bo Kata. We had this big, long form for Bo that was it seemed and appeared to be very difficult and long and hard. But once you got it down, you always say like, ah, it's not so bad. But initially it felt like it was tough. And then they also were signing up for another year, just about right as they were going to go for their purple belt, just the way it worked in my yearly agreements, you know? Um, so they were going, oh, I'm bored and my kid doesn't like it. He's frustrated with the kata. And now I got to sign up for another year. He's not happy. Why should, and parents would second guess it. So I basically found out that that was the sticking point at Purple Belt. And I had, it was like very top heavy. Like I'd get them all like up to purple. Let's just pretend I had like 40 Purple Belts, but then like 20 of them would renew into brown. Um, I knew there was a problem and I analyzed it. So what we basically did simply just took the kata, broke it into four steps and started, started teaching it at Blue Belt. So they were learning it. By the time they got to Purple Belt, they had to learn two steps and boom, they had the kata. It's very easy, no frustration. And it was a smooth interaction. And so that helped us a lot. So what I, what I suggest is for people to really analyze what's going on and what ranks they're joining, what ranks they're quitting, how long do they stay, what's the normal amount of stay. Like industry average, it's been like this for 15, 20 years. I remember going to a seminar with Rob Colasante, and it was uh, back from NAPMA. And he said it was around 18 to 24 months. That's the longevity of people in the martial arts. The majority. We all have those that have been with us. Like I just went out to breakfast. One of my students who moved me for 22 years. You know, we were all with talking about our students that have been there 20 years, 15 years. But that's the small majority. Yes. Right. So but if we can increase more people getting the purple belt, that means I got more brown belts. That was more likely to get more black belts. Right. So that's where we got to look at our numbers and our quit rate. And then we have to take an honest look at ourselves and say, is the curriculum boring? Is it too difficult? Are they not getting tested quick enough? Like there are a lot of questions we should be asking ourselves as to why they're quitting at that point. Um, and then fix those problems if we can. Like simply don't throw the purple bocata out, adjust it so that people learn it easier. You know what I mean? And, and it's yeah. just a simple little tweak. And I'm glad that you brought up the different variables. Uh, one other variable could be also the instructor or instructors that are actually teaching yeah. at that level as well. So just be yeah. cognizant of that. Yeah. Um, and I have no problem with, with in our staff meetings going through and, and, and actually asking, saying, hey, guys, you know, this is happening at uh, in our advanced level. More people are quitting at this belt level. Yeah. Um, you know, so-and-so, I know you're teaching at that level. Uh, I'm not saying it's you, but I want us all to take a, a look at this and go, what, what do we think the reasons why are? And yeah. uh, also, you know, what, what can we do to correct this? Right. Uh, Cause I want my staff to be involved in that. I don't want to just think, yeah, you know, and it, and it definitely could be yeah. the person that's teaching it. So you may yeah, have to move that person somewhere else there. <laughs> And they, and they, be better somewhere else. They very well could be like, for example, my guy teaches everything, every rank from beginning to end. But let's say you did have a white belt to yellow belt to green belt instructor. And that's what they're good at. It's like elementary school teachers are great at elementary school. They're not the greatest high school. And then some of them will go, no, I don't ever want to teach high school or junior high. Those kids are just, you know, trouble. Like, right. so they have a knack for what they do. Sometimes the same thing for us. We have less patience for certain people in our ranking age groups or whatever, but we have more dynamics and patience for those higher ranks because that's what we want. You know, so we have to watch and check ourselves as that in that as well. Um, I, I wanted to lay out like uh, we're 
don't so time goes by so quick, Dwayne. I wanted to give somebody like I usually do. Well, I don't say usually because for the last few years I haven't done it, but I usually do 12 months at a glance and I would send out this marketing campaign to my to my staff and then I'd have it ahead of time. So I wanted to just give an example of two months just so people kind of understand how I think. Um, so like, for instance, January. Um, this year we have what we call our New York tournaments banquet dinner. So that's been, it's been marketing to right now. And that's on January 8th. So when I have my month of January, I have a box, all the things that I'm going to do. Right. So January 8th is the dinner. I'm promoting it. Um, I'm starting a student referral contest. Everyone trains for free, healthy competition, whatever your referral program, I'm putting some energy into that like quarterly referral pushes or student drives. Right. Then I have start promoting my summer camp. January, right? But if I'm not getting people thinking about my summer camp now, they're going to find a camp that's advertising. Right now in our local papers, you'll start seeing advertising for summer camps. Yeah, come January especially. Yeah, so I'm going to be marketing for my summer camp. Um, New year marketing, old student campaign, new student campaign, send out postcards, you know, blah, 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 right? Um, Start promoting uh, the tournament that we have coming up in February. There's a tournament in our tournament circuit in February on the 26th. Um, then uh, start, if we have, which we already been talking about it, a black belt success cycle for all the brown belts that are almost close to being ready for their testing. Um, I have even retail, my new ninja shirt design. So I, I don't, that was, this is from an old design that I did, but maybe you want to come out with something cool, a hoodie, sweatshirt, retail sale, a jacket, a, you know, wool caps, whatever. You should be thinking about that now. And then I already have my black belt club seminar that I'm thinking about doing, which I'm going to be doing blowgun. And everyone who comes to it in the Black Belt Club just has to buy a blowgun. Um, and if not, and they're non-Black Belt Club members, they could buy the blowgun and uh, pay for the seminar, get the blowgun for free. And if they decide to join the Black Belt Club, that'll be put towards their Black Belt Club membership. So I'm just doing a drive for my Black Belt Club, which, by the way, my Black Belt Club, if I went back in time, I wouldn't call it Black Belt anything. It would be called some specialty team. Like all my clients, they call it Samurai Elite, Masters Elite, Elite Warrior Programs, because the Black Belt people automatically go, he's only a white belt. He Maybe in the future we'll do Black Belt. It, just that name kind of sets me across. You know, well, sets I, me- I switched. Mine. mine used to be called Black Belt Club, and I switched it to leadership. Yeah, there you go. So if you could just take, I could go on and on every month, but we won't waste time on that. But let's just think that way where I'm thinking ahead. I even have February, I'm going to do a parents night out, Nerf Wars kind of thing. So I'm thinking ahead for that, you know, and I want this, this is how we should think, continue marketing, um, you know, with other, whatever it is, starting for the spring push in February, because you have April coming up, it's spring. So let's start. So you want to write this down and kind of block it out, including your special events, including your marketing uh, ideas, including your retail ideas. Because sometimes, I mean, retail, you know me, I love retail and, and I've sold a ton of it this year. And I hadn't even done, by the way, a retail holiday sale for Black Friday. I just advertised it on a page, put it on the app, gave discounts on everything called Crazy December. They all get these discounts and my retail is pouring in. Um, you know, so just the other day I sold like five hundred dollars in retail in one day. You know, so I mean that's that's money that if you're doing retail in your school, just adds to your bottom line. And by the way, everyone's running around with our school logo. They're excited. If they didn't get it from us, they'd be out buying it from the department store, right? Some silly gift, another ugly sweater, a different game. So those are all, but you should be thinking about this every single month, four months in advance. You should right now lay out your next four months. You could always change it, by the way, too. You, you know, if you don't have to stick to it, but get an idea in your head where you want to be. So let me ask you, I'm just curious, why a four-month increment rather than a three-month increment? Um, I don't know. I, I just personally, like for me on all my marketing, I want to do at least two and a half months ahead of time so that, to, you know, so I'm at least that far out. But I want to be aware of what I'm doing four months from now. Yep. Give myself some time so I'm not under pressure or catch up, right? Um, and I feel better about, you know, uh, knowing where I'm going rather than kind of, oh, my God, what, what should I do kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I'll just throw this out here for 2023, if you haven't done this, because, you know, uh, Ali had brought this up. 
if you haven't tied your your retail into your actual programs, then you need to make sure that you do that. So uh, can you quickly explain uh, that real yeah. quick? But but and and by the way, um, retail is not for everyone. So like so when I look at schools and I see their retail section, I'm almost like it's it's laughable when it comes to what they have for sale. And they claim to have like there are some schools that choose not to do retail. That's fine. Um, but there are some schools that have retail on the wall. And I would almost say like, hey, how much is it for that set of sparring gear with the four inches of dust on it? Like, how much do you charge for that? Like, they put no effort into the retail whatsoever. But but retail sales that are tied into your curriculum, and everyone can do it, by the way, because I think most schools do sparring. So like if you start sparring at white belt, make it a white belt requirement that they have to buy sparring gear. So for me, my guy Ryan will say to me, he goes, uh, Sheehan, we have about 20 white belts coming up. For me, that's awesome. They're promoting from beginner to white belt. And, uh, and at white belt, they need to buy a weapon called Manriki and nunchucks, which is like maybe like 40 bucks. And then a white belt sparring package. So I know that, the majority of those white belts, they'll get a letter, they'll get a coupon discount, and they're going to buy. So I'll sell, no no jokes, 16 sets of sparring gear um, that, that week after the test. And if I make, let's just pretend like the way sparring gear is expensive now in shipping, let's just say I make 80 bucks times 16. That's almost $1,000 in retail tied into my, you know, my bottom line. And then retail doesn't have to be crazy different. Like if you say, oh, well, I don't teach weapons in my school. We're, we're whatever style we do, we don't teach weapons. Well, then maybe you tie in a pair of gloves to their first level. And then the sparring gear next or boxing gloves or, you know, MMA gloves or wraps for their gloves or a T-shirt, you know, to them to wear under their uniform. One of my clients, um, he used to not wear T-shirts under their gi. And it was like, you know, embarrassing at times women training in sports bras, you know, which is totally fine. They could work out at a gym with that. But when a young kid's in the class or a teenager's in the class and the gi gets pulled open and it looks like she's half naked, it's very distracting and, and bad for the students. So I said that we wear shirts under our uniform, but we only wear a specific shirt, which is just our LI Ninjutsu Center's uniform shirt. I'm holding up my quote fingers for those just listening. And um, they have to wear one specific shirt. They can't come in with a specialty LI Ninjutsu Center shirt or one of the other ones that's a different color. They only can wear the uniform that we set out, right? Top, bottom, you know, shirts and so on. So my client did that. And we were worried. He was worried. You know, is it a money grab? Are people going to see it as a money grab? So I said, you know what? Why don't you get a sponsor on the first shirt and put their name on your sleeve, have them pay for half the shirts, you pay for the other half and you give everyone a free shirt and say, now we're doing uniform shirts. You have to wear these. And he did, got not one complaint. And now consistently every month he sells t-shirts. So it's not like if you feel like buying it, no, you need it. You need two and three. You lost one. It's dirty. It's in the laundry. We sell hundreds of shirts a year. You know, and that's just by making, and that's tying it into the, the curriculum technically, yeah. right? Yeah. So sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot by not doing little things that are not going to be looked at as bad. They're going to be looked at as like, yeah, it's a, you know, the, the Catholic school has to wear a uniform. Girls wear theirs, boys wear theirs. Do you think the parents are always going, I can't believe it. I'm not going to wear that shirt. No, well, you don't wear it. You don't come to school. This is our right. uniform, period. Well, why, we're a disciplined martial art, like. How hard is it for them to understand that they need to wear their uniform to class? And I have it though. People show up, a kid the other day, white shirt with Yu-Gi-Oh on it or whatever the thing is, you know, and the, the anime. And um, I'm like, you can't wear that dude in class. You know, I'm sorry. You know, so, and I, I gave him a buy because his grandmother dropped him off and the mother was sick. So I said, one time only grandma, that's it. Never, if he comes in again, he's sitting on the bench. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, so tie in your weapons, tie in your curriculum, tie in your technique, whatever it is, you could tie that all in for retail into your school. Yeah, we did that uh, this year as uh, we started with the, the, the T-shirt underneath. So, yeah, and, that, and it looks so much better. It does. And, and um, we gave everybody their first one for free. And Good. after that, you know, and so, yeah, it's just like you're talking about. They, they you know, the kid loses it. The parent has to buy one or it got spilled yeah. on the way, on the way in. 
<laughs> yeah, and by the way, it makes the uniform last longer. And then you don't know, you guys wear white, we wear black, so it's different for us. But you know, you get the sweat stains under the armpits that are yellow. If you have a t-shirt on, that doesn't happen. Right. You know, so like it, it, it's the longevity of the uniform. Plus, it's just the cleanliness of it all. It looks better, you know, and, and you know, it's just good for the everybody all yeah. around. So I would encourage you this year to consider that uh, tying yeah. it in, you know, specifically the shirts underneath uh, into your uh, in, into your program. So I know we're yeah. wrap, wrapping up here. We got we got about 10 minutes left, you know, yeah. kind of talk about 2023. Uh, you got any quick nuggets on 2023 that we need to cover before we end. Well, definitely. Um, times are tight right now. That's the saying, right? Which they are. I think it, with inflation, it's like between 18 and 22%. Like my oil bill the other day, I got a hundred gallons. It was almost a grand to have it delivered. So if I have to do that four or five times throughout the year, this winter, that's massive money, right? So I understand times are tight. So, but just don't make that your mantra. Like, don't not do the parents' night out because you don't think people will go because times are tight. Because there's a percentage of people that are unaffected by it in your population of your school. The ones that are the high earners, the ones that are making tons of money, the ones that are rich, you know, the ones that are hardworking that will do it, spend that money on something for their child, but they'll maybe not spend it on themselves, right? So just what I'm saying is just don't let what they're saying in the news and the economy stop you from doing what you need to do. Um, you could always do discounts, do coupons, mark it down, um, but but keep pushing ahead, right? And and try to tag out. Like if you have a certain group, let's just say two, let's say four year olds to eight year olds that could come to a Nerf Wars night, do a few of those throughout the year, you know, and then do a different age group and a different event for the teenagers, and then maybe adult seminars, grappling, bring in a knife defense guy, whatever. Add those into your repertoire. You could add on to the bottom line, like another 12, 20, 12 to 25,000 or more dollars um, just by hosting these events that people will love and love you for. And they'll get an experience of a lifetime. Um, so don't be short-sighted and start thinking ahead of what you could do to make your school hopping and popping and, you know, people wanting to be, a vet, you know, in that, you know, part of the culture. Make sense? Oh, that's <laughs> totally makes sense. So, and you know, with like with Nerf Wars, you talked about that. We do two different types because we do the zombie one in, right. in October, and then we just do regular Nerf Wars in uh, March. We just find right. that that's the best time of year that works for us, and right. it, it has. I can't, except for twenty twenty. You know, it's it's been right consistent, consistently successful. They love Nerf Wars. Yep. Right. So yeah, there's some staple events that people will always go. They're timeless, right? Like that this group ages out, the next group comes in and we'll do it. Right. But as that group ages out, what could we do to appeal to them? Right. You know, what could we do? That's fun. And, and I think that sometimes again, like I said, we, we tend to think about uh, maybe not this year. And sometimes it's just a matter of I don't want to use the word laziness, but complacency, maybe where we've been doing it forever. Like, you know, I've been doing this for 31 years. Like the other day, I'm teaching a class with a two and a half year old and I'm running, holding his hand across the room. And I turn to my guy, Ryan, I'm like, who would have thought eighth degree black belt, 31 years of doing this. I'm still holding that kid's hand, running across, motivating him. You know, like it's I love it. I, I enjoy it. But, you know, it, it don't get complacent and get bored with what you do. That's why I say you could plan out the next 12 months and you could always change them. December's, November's, October's, change what you did later on, but like kind of like pencil out, what would you like to do? Build the diagram for the plan of action, the MAP map, massive action plan from now until the end of the year so that you could really, really, you know, you don't have as much thinking and now it's just tweaking. Right. Rather than oh, what am I going to do in November? Well, well, let me look on the sheet. I already have it out there. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. And we just we're, we, we live in a, a rework in such a cyclical business. Right. That we can do the same thing every single year. And, right. you know, like so, for instance, we or last Friday night, we did our board breaking seminar. It was a blast. Had a ton of people there. Right. Um, you know, I even had um, students from our, our second location come down and, and be a part awesome. of it, which was great because they got to see the main location and all that. Yeah. But the headquarters. Yeah. 
and uh, it, we had uh, rented a uh, hot chocolate truck. Wow. Came and everybody got free hot chocolate. And, I didn't even uh, know they had those. What's that? I didn't even know they had a hot chocolate truck. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they had, I mean, they could do coffee. They could do hot chocolate. They could even do alcoholic drinks. I'm like, yeah, no, no alcohol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just do two different types of hot chocolate. But I just bring that up because, again, we, we didn't do it during COVID. But it's a stapled event that we do every single year. Right. We always or almost always uh, sell out. We only allow 50 yeah. people in it anyways. Um, but the funny thing is I went back and looked at like 2000, what was it, 13? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 2012 even, we, we charged $15 for a two-hour seminar. Right. You got to make, break three boards at the end. Wow. This year, all – each board cost me five bucks. Yeah. So I charged 25 bucks. So I only made $10 per person. Right. Which didn't cover the hot chocolate truck. I mean, it, it, you know, I lost money on, the, on this, but it was just the uh, giving back type thing that I wanted to do. But anyways, we usually do make money. It's just this year we yeah. did the, uh, the hot chocolate truck. But again, that's just another stapled event that you can do. We like to close the year out with, with that event. Right. And, and, not every event has to be a money-making event. However, like retention-based events that are camaraderie-building cultural events that will build the, 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 the culture or the tribal mentality within your school, maybe sometimes we take a hit and we pay for the hot dog truck and we pay for the T-shirts and we pay for the event because it's just a good thing to give back and help people and make them happy and show them that we care. Um, so there are events that we do for that as well. Like we're doing our annual Christmas party and um, that's coming up this Saturday. I, I hire Santa to come down and we have tables and everyone brings a potluck dish of their favorite food and dessert. And we're going to have our demo team perform and um, it's free people. Some families are bringing their parents and the grandparents like eight or 10 people are coming from that family. So we'll have about 140, 150 people. Not everyone comes, not everyone's available, but it should be a really great night. And if I had 25 people, I'd still do it. Is that at your school? It's in my dojo. I don't rent a hall. I just put, put tables on the mats and, uh, chairs and people. And I, we scrub and clean afterwards, but, um, yeah, it's just a nice day. Like I'm looking forward to it. And it reminds me that I'm only four days away from taking off for 10 days. You know what I mean? Not two weeks like you. Yes. Yes. I know you're you're lucky. (laughs) I'm virtually hugging you again on that. That's right. So yeah, guys, listen, in order to make, you know, 2023, um, you know, a good year, Allie brought up a, a, a realistic truth that, you know, the economy this coming year may not be the economy that we had at the beginning of this 2022 year or even 2021. Um, So be smart, learn your numbers, study your numbers, Mm -hmm. bounce ideas off of other martial artists. If you uh, successful ones, of course, Um, you know, ones that are actually doing things. And I don't mean, you, you know, I, I don't mean that you got to go call somebody up or join a coaching program or whatever. I'm just meaning like, you know, get, get your own little group. Uh, so there's times that I call yeah. Allie with an idea and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And Allie calls me or, um, and other school owners that we know. So, but just be cautious on 2023 there. It's, it might do my quote fingers. It might be a little slower. So, you know, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to focus in on the individuals that you already have, giving them, you know, your time, attention, your talent, uh, giving them premium service. I mean, I'm sure that you're already doing that, but any extra thing that you can do um, to make your, you know, your studio a home right? that they want to continue to visit yeah. on a weekly basis that's going to be to your benefit. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I said, like customer service and market domination. So don't be the guy who says, I'm going to pull back and not market. It's slow. Market more at that time, right? And then that way you're able to dominate that marketplace with all the other schools that are cutting back, you're digging out and you're sh- you're reaching out to more people. So um, are we on next week? Did we decide? 
Uh, yeah, well, I did decide, but I, I, I no, I'm, we're going to take the next two weeks off. Okay. So two weeks or more, because we're off on next week's the 21st, then we're in holiday week. So yeah, two, and then we come back that week of January 1st. Yep. Okay, cool. Very good, dude. So we'll see you in two weeks. You and I will talk anyway, but if to everyone else out there, this was our holiday one, last one before the holidays. Have an amazing holiday. If you're listening to this afterwards, I hope you had an amazing holiday. And I hope you enjoy our podcast. A lot of people get good info from it, and I'm happy that you're here with us. Yeah, and please share it with uh, other martial arts school owners that could benefit from it. Just, you know, tell them to go to schoolownertalk.com. All the information is there. Allie, uh, I know we'll talk, but Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thanks again for this year, uh, you know, kind of, you navigating this podcast with me. I appreciate it. No problem, dude. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Bye, sir. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. Get KarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.